Our scripture this morning is from Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 79. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably upon his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and was remembered, has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks be to God. may be seated. So there are single verses in the Bible that are very dear to me, ones that guide how I live, that give me hope, that soothe my soul. But if I was asked what my favorite parts of the Bible are, I would definitely have to say that the first chapter of Luke is in the top five, if not at the very top of the list. This first chapter is 80 verses long. Luke is taking his time by sharing with his readers, not just jumping right to the story of the birth of Jesus, but about the angelic visitations made to Mary and Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. Luke before the first two chapters of his gospel are complete, Luke lets us hear five songs of praise from the lips of Zechariah's wife Elizabeth upon Mary's arrival in her home, Mary in return when she was in their home, Zechariah here after the birth of his son John, the angels appearing to shepherds the night of Jesus' birth, and Simeon who was in the temple when the infant Jesus was brought there for his dedication. And the Gospel of Luke closes as well with worship and joy. Here are the words at the end after, as, as he's telling the story of Jesus' ascension. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up to heaven, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. The Gospel of Luke, in other words, sings, worships, praises God from beginning to end. And what is not to love about that? Today's text, as I mentioned, is Zechariah's song, spoken to him after his voice was returned to him following the birth and naming of his son, John. 
I say after his voice was returned to him because Zechariah had been struck mute and quite possibly deaf when the angel who brought him the good news that he and Elizabeth would have a child, well, he was struck mute when Gabriel thought Zechariah's response was less than ideal. A nine-month silent retreat is what Zechariah is emerging from here. Let's get a small picture of that here today. Are you ready? One minute of silence starting now. Zechariah had 394,000 times that many minutes in silence. 394,000 minutes of pondering the work that was being done in their lives. Lives that he and Elizabeth, quite honestly, thought were coming close to a close. 394,000 minutes of letting the good news grow and come to life in his mind, much as the baby had grown and come to life from Elizabeth's womb. 394,000 minutes of thinking about what to say when his lips were loosed. And what does Zechariah say after all those minutes? What does Zechariah say as he and his wife are there to circumcise and name this long-awaited child? Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably upon his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David. Zechariah prophesies with joy about a God who has never forgotten his people, who has never broken covenant, who always keeps promises, who does not fail to come to the rescue. Zechariah's first words speak to the people as a nation, a group of chosen people, a group whom God has reached out once again to comfort and save. Only after proclaiming God's praises does Zechariah turn to the child who has come to him and Elizabeth in their old age and speak words of blessing and prophecy about him. I can just imagine him holding his child tenderly as he says these words. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. Zechariah's second words speak 
to the people as individuals, souls within the chosen, people whom God is reaching out to in mercy and love and asking them individually to repent and receive forgiveness and peace and light. Zechariah's words, taken as a whole, they, they sort of capture a debate that has been going on for practically all time. Was Jesus to be understood as a political Messiah or as a spiritual Messiah? Was he to rescue us from our enemies who look like empires and earthly injustice? Or was he to rescue us from our enemies who look like sin and personal struggles? Well, Zechariah's words to my ear say, yes. Yes, Jesus is a political Messiah. Yes, Jesus is a spiritual Messiah. English theologian and writer Alfred Plummer described this text as one that refers to a political redemption that is accompanied by and based upon a moral and spiritual reformation. When God's people are individually convicted to repent from their sin, to turn around and head in a more Christ-like direction, when they heed the call of, God's, call of God on their lives and are led by the Holy Spirit, of course they would then look around them and seek the same repentance and redemption for the world as a whole. I said at the top that there are verses in the Bible that speak to me, that give me hope and peace. Well, the verses that I strive to live by are ones that speak to this very idea that as Christians we are called not just to the private security found in personal salvation through Jesus Christ, but to a life lived seeking security and justice and peace and eternal life for the world. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. People do not light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. Rather, they put it on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Zechariah emerged from a time of contemplation and wonder, singing praise not just for what God had done for him and his wife, not just for what God was going to do through that little baby boy, but singing praise first for what God was going to do and continue to do for all people. So let us sing praise today for what God has done, not only for us, but also for what God has done through us when we let his light shine before others through those cracks and chinks in the broken vessels that we are. Let us repent and turn not just from our personal sins, but also from our corporate sins in all the meaning of that word corporate familial, communal, congregational, denominational, national. Let us give thanks for the tender mercy God has bestowed on us, not just as individual believers, but also on all people, 
all people, and let us reflect that same mercy in how we treat all of God's children, no matter how alike or different their identity is from our own. May we be those who prophesy political and spiritual peace for the world as joyfully as Zechariah, wherever we go, proclaiming Christ as king of our hearts and our world with the boldness given us through the Holy Spirit for the glory of God. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so very thankful for the personal gift that you have given each one of us. Forgiveness of sins, hope, love, eternal, everlasting mercy. But Lord, we are mindful that that is a gift that is for the whole world. For we are all your creation. We need to share that word. We need to work that this place that we live in, that you created for us, would become more and more heavenly every day through our action in the world. Make it so. Make us so. For your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.